welcome to the Discuss and Discuss podcast. Today we'll be talking about The Mountain Is You by, all right, do you know how to say her last name? Heck no. Brianna Weist or Weist? Hopefully. Weist. <laughs> oh, how is it that every episode we butcher someone's name? <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> oh gosh. Anyway. But that's the book that we uh, touched on today or last or this week. This week. Yeah. I'm Kevin. I'm Derek. And... <laughs> What did you think of the book? I thought it was a really good book. I don't know. There's a lot in it that we talked about a little bit outside of this, but Mm -hmm. there is a lot in it that we can take away from. There's really good topic. So, of course, it's mainly about breaking down self-sabotage, how we can transform that into self-mastery. The main thing we wanted to touch on today was or is how self-sabotage is a construct that we can control. That was like one of the big things that I you know, got from this. Yeah, it, it makes you feel more empowered. Like you're not self-sabotaging yourself. Like you're stuck in a program. Oh, yeah. And you can't the get matrix. out. <laughs> yeah, you're in the matrix. <laughs> um, so it's really cool the way she breaks it down where it makes you feel like you can tackle it and have control and be in the seat of control of your own life. So that's what I liked about it. And it was actually a TikTok page that i saw where it was like it it posted like one of the page or like a page from the book and then i was like dang that sounds super deep so then i was like hey maybe we should check this book out Mm, i like it that's how all uh good ideas form (laughs) from a an instagram page or whatever (laughs) tiktok page well i found it interesting that it was like some deep inner work you know and i feel like we could all use some deep inner work (laughs) yeah yeah for sure like there's a lot of good points on this and i'll let you take the lead because i'm excited to talk about it all right cool cool well there's this main one that really hit me it's this concept of core commitments that we have and it's this unconscious thing that you sense from other people but to be able to identify and then articulate it is the only way for you to combat it or have control over it if you want to work on it. So like there's this thing where if if you have experience of someone wanting to be in control or maybe it's you that wants to be in control, it's your core need there is actually that you need trust because it's due to your distrust or mistrusting of people that you find you want to take more control just so you can comfort that part of you. Yeah. I have such a good story on this. You just brought it up because right now it's something that I'm going through at work specifically and my my manager is leaving because we have this new VP who came in and it's changing up everything. It's been a dynamic shift in the, the team. So right now it's been rough because since she's come on board, I think she's only been about two months in now. Since she's come on board... She's asked for a lot of weird IT requests that isn't traditional for the most part. And more spe- more specifically, she's a very data-driven person. So she wants proof of everything. This is what in the latest uh, installment of this quest, you know, this is like epic, epic. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> this journey. So the last week we sat down and had this whole talk because something happened the week before we had this whole exec meeting that I was supporting on site. And one of the mics apparently wasn't working for them when they were in a meeting. She said that the CEO reached out and the CTO who her is her boss reached out and was like, you know, this mic is out. We had to use our computer during the whole time. And she wanted me to check it out. 
it was around like 2.30 at that time and I needed to leave at the latest by 3.30 to get to an appointment. So I waited patiently because obviously I'm not going to interrupt, you know, like this mm-hmm. exec meeting. Uh, 3.30 hits and I was like, okay, I got to go. I have to go. Um, I'll, I'll troubleshoot the next day. So I leave, do my appointment, and then around like 6.30, 7 o'clock, she uh, messages, messages me and she's she asked if I figured out what was wrong with the mic. I said, no, I didn't have a chance because I had to get to an appointment. And she was like, well, can you ask someone in the office right now? 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. Yeah, dude, you're off the clock. (laughs) Everyone is off the clock. Yeah. And she asked me if I can test it then. And I was like, I'll do my best. You know, I'll see. Then it was in the office. And guess what? No one was. And so, you know, she kept asking questions. I was like, okay, fine. I'll go in the next day. And so I did. And, you know, did my thing or whatever. Where I'm getting at is that a week after she continues to ask if i'm sure that it was the mic uh it's the distance from the mic and versus the mic being down itself because how this room is set up is that there's what's called a neat bar and this neat bar has the mic and the speaker and the camera all built in and so it's at the end of the room and this room is huge it it, it sits like 20 something people dang and they may have been sitting in the middle you know towards the back because no one likes sitting towards the front near the camera and so I was like, the mic works fine. I think from my testing with another member is that they were sitting in the middle and they were sitting in the back. And so, the, you know, everyone's talking over each other. There's a ton of noise going on. I'm guessing the mic didn't pick them up is again what I, you know, what I gathered from my diagnosis, if you will. <laughs> and so, yeah, she kept asking. She was like, are you sure it's the mic? Are you sure it's not broken and stuff? And we had this whole conversation with the whole team. I, you know, I expressed that i did not feel that she trusted that i did my work yeah that was like the biggest thing that like hit me and i was like okay well i'm telling you i did xyz and she continued to ask like can you build a report out for me if you know a mic is down if you know some equipment's not down could you put a sticky note on it next time i was like well the thing is everything was working is what i'm telling you so this whole time you know i feel like she has a point to prove or she's trying to prove something to her boss or something and that's why she's getting on us to do all this stuff and again main thing is i did not feel trusted that i did my work and it's it's showing that she's trying to push her stuff so that way she can probably look good for the cto ceo and stuff like what that. what kind of irks me is that you said that she asked you to make a report on yeah what you did and stuff like what <laughs> which i already did you know i i reported to her i was like this is what i found this is what i did this is what i found this is my solution to this which is let's get more mics you know spread them out through the room the whole room so everyone gets picked up but yeah she continued to ask she's like are you sure that's it sure that's the solution i was like yes the mic is not down it's not broken it's brand new but yeah what what did she say when uh you told her that you feel like you did that she didn't trust you oh gosh yeah i love that question (laughs) because it was tough she brushed over it she brushed over it and she's like well let me tell you why i asked you to hop on it as soon as you can and she just said you know the ceo the cto mentioned that the mic was down and so and so happened uh i couldn't i the so the whole time i did reach out to the cto who's there he didn't even try to tell me what was wrong right like i was like well was the mic not picking up at all on the other side was it fuzzy what was it right like were you just quiet i didn't get any response and so she was like well this is what they told me i don't know if they reached out to you i was like no no one ever did you were the only one that reached out to me and so that's why it's difficult to try to solve a problem you don't know the cause of 
Right. So when you don't know the cause of this problem, how are you even going to go and find a solution? So that's why it was so difficult. So yeah, she brushed over it. And my manager was the one who brought it up to her to be like, hey, you missed the point. They mentioned, you know, my whole team, not just me, they mentioned that you, it feels like you don't trust them to do their work. And he, he admitted like after he said that, she's now at a loss of what to do for the team because our morale is so low because of this. It's crazy. Like now this is what I'm going through right now. <laughs> The funny thing is that we're both going through like work struggles yeah. of like just, you know, the upper management changing. It sucks. And it, <laughs> it happens, you know, it happens, but. Oof. Well, it just sucks when like people brush it off when you were trying to actually have a conversation because it is tough. Not everyone's going to be like, hey, I feel like you don't trust me. Like that's a hard thing to even bring up in the first place. But the fact that you brought it up shows that you're willing to communicate and be like, yo, we can fix this or at least, you know, collaborate and see if that better is the communication between her and you but then she just brushed it off then it's you know it just sucks that like it, sometimes people like can't understand <laughs> <laughs> yeah just grab them by the face and you're just... like hey listen this is what i'm trying to tell you and the whole time too she's she's spewing that she values honesty she values communication and i was like this is what i'm trying to tell you I don't know how to be more direct than the fact that I feel like you don't trust us to do our work. And then it brushes over and doesn't know what to do about it. And I'm just like, where do we go from here? Because my manager's leaving technically this week, th this coming week. I don't even know. I don't, I, know. I don't even know. It just all resonates with me too. Because it's like when you have somebody talk about all these things that they value, but then through behavior or action. And like, we have a strong sample size of how they work and operate because we're in the workplace together so it's like every day is going to be a test if you actually live up to that value that you're you know like are you just talking about it or do you actually hold it to yourself and live up to it yeah my supervisor left <laughs> yeah on friday and there it was on like tuesday no wednesday he pulled me aside and like i clocked in that morning and i was just already like i was already like fuming <laughs> <laughs> I came in and I clocked in and then the supervisor is all like, Kevin, you take shit notes. I needed to know more about this person that you interviewed. And I was like, what? <laughs> you, I just clocked in and this is what you're going to hit me with. He wanted me to do a walkthrough of the warehouse and jot down like what we need to do and basically game plan for the day. I already game planned for the day because I was there all day yesterday. <laughs> I saw the whole warehouse didn't know like inventory or like if we need to stack pallets or whatever. It's just like, look, dude, we work at a warehouse. There's a pattern. There's going to be the same thing that we're doing every day. The game plan isn't complex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially because you, you, it just continues to be the same thing over and over again. Right? Exactly. So like, what is, what is the stress here? What is the, what he's making? It's almost like he was working five times harder just to get a simple task done. It's, he's making it harder than it seems and i think he just wants to see me struggle or something i'm kind of making it look easy or like i'm not phased by it i don't know it's similar in your situation where it's like this projection of something onto you and it's like is this actually me or is it actually you and there's this lack of trust here so you're trying to like control or whatever or you know ugh. he he pulled me aside and we had like a four-hour meeting that i i was not a, yeah i was so unnecessary i was not prepared for a, well actually here's the thing i didn't know that there it was going to be a meeting that he wanted like he never 
express that to me. So then when when I jot down these notes of what we need to do our game plan, it was already things that had that I had ruminating in my mind. So when I sat down and I basically just wrote down the notes that were precognitive. Mm-hmm. And then it led to this four hour meeting of a game plan of brainstorm that in a way I was already prepared for without being prepared for. It's like a pop quiz, <laughs> pop brainstorm. <laughs> but I don't know. It, it was just weird. It was like four hours. I feel like he wasted my time because he's leaving. Why? What? What is this? <laughs> yeah. So this touches on another point in the book that the author makes a lot of our self-sabotaging ways populate itself when it's trying to tell us we need something right i think that's what you're trying to touch on uh, a little bit because like our core commitments we can only control what we can control we can't control other people so when we Mm -hmm. see other people doing something that we want to do or being a certain way we subconsciously for the most part try to battle against it a lot of times like it's such an interesting interesting concept because we all know it like we get jealous of people who have things that we don't and so these are the moments that is difficult because in my case my vp has only been there for two months she's trying to take charge and insert the way she manages people the way she processes information Mm -hmm. and that's throwing a whole wrench in because she didn't take us into account as well like we're a high functioning team if you trusted us or trusted that my manager gave you the reports on each one of us which they admitted they do right she knows how each one of us functions for the most part she's from what i understand she's even asked to if there are any red flags on the team what and i can understand that from a management standpoint it's like are there any red flags as in there like people or yeah so people behavior is something like you know is there anything that i may have to look out for or help address help improve on that's all fine and dandy but you can't just go in and just ignore the fact that we're people still yeah yeah oh man so the the whole people aspect yeah and you know it comes out as projection like you said so she's projecting her expectations on us when again she tends to work like until 10 p.m at night she works on the weekends and they should try to bring us in like after hours i don't function that way <laughs> like, I function yeah i need i need a break from work if you want me to come back the next day 100 percent. especially if you're not getting uh paid for it yeah like <laughs> what? i mean i'm on salary so technically don't oh matter, i guess like, for you it'd be the same thing right i'm not on salary but for sure <laughs> 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 that's what i meant <laughs> yeah yeah my bad <laughs> for sure it would affect me I'd be like yep don't bother me man i'm clocked out <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, all all I'll just say is like self sabotage is just a coping me- coping mechanism for other people. You know, it's an onset for of, all of us. For all of <laughs> yeah. us, yeah. Um, it it's just a bunch of irrational fears that we have. Again, fear of failing, stuff like that. When we're too afraid just to try or to do. Yeah, like when it's we take it out on other people or we have unrealistic expectations on other people because we're so afraid of confronting it ourselves. Ourselves, yeah. like we are too afraid to sit down and be honest with with ourselves in order to face whatever that insecurity is head on to better ourselves just like i like near the ending of the book where she's talking about alignment it's crazy because when you're in alignment of your core everything kind of just feels better or feels right or like it's she she jotted down as like finding your purpose and i kind of like that a lot oh, because yeah. isn't that what we're all struggling with <laughs> yeah finding, finding our own purpose in life and like having reassurance that our existence matters yeah so it's 
very interesting to break down self-sabotage through that breaking down process you can actually discover in a way your true identity <laughs> yeah finding out more about yourself guess what the way you find your purpose is starting with yourself is <laughs> 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 essentially what i got from this book too yeah but it's good it's, it's it really is it helps you like look inside and you know we talked about the courage to be disliked so the psychology, the Adlerian psychology as, as to why we do certain things. Same thing here is just breaking down self-sabotage. And I'll ask you the same question, but I think it's only fair I answer it myself. I know a way that I self-sabotage is definitely through procrastination. I know it's also through the fear of, it is the fear of failing. However, I do like using that as a momentum to continue to do stuff. But my big thing, again, is procrastination. Because if I don't know something, I have the confidence in myself to figure it out. However, I also, you know, we see this, you know, from time to time where it's like, I'm busy with XYZ, you know, I'm busy at work, I'm busy with family and stuff. And so other, let's just say passion project, I have to sit on the side for a second, because I have other stuff to focus on. When in actuality, like, I understand that that's one of my self sabotaging moments, because I just don't want to try to work on it. You know what I mean? Like it's I think it's a combination of fear of failure and fear of success. Fear of success fear, is yeah. something that's like weird to talk about because people are like, what? I'm not afraid of success. But then it's like, yeah, but like it 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 can't it comes in combo with fear of failing because like they, we have precognitive or preconceptions. Yeah. Yeah. Of of what success is. Like we have to tap deeper into that idea of success. It's like, okay, well, are we afraid of like having too much money and then being successful and be and with that success, we have a bad image of ourselves. Because like, you know how people talk about rich people all the time and like they get shit on. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like not all rich people are like that, but that is like the concept or the generalization. Yeah, generalization idea that's projected onto um majority of americans or more people that don't make that much money so it's like oh if you're successful then you look bad to other people like you're pompous or you're an asshole or douche or like whatever you know but not everyone is like that so maybe there's your belief in that idea prevents you from obtaining success because you're like oh i don't want to deal with that or um i don't even know what to do if i were in that position (laughs) right so it could be that or takes a deeper work but yeah. it's it's definitely something that i needed to ask myself like am i afraid of success as well because i want to be an actor but then it's like oh but at the same time i don't want to be famous and or um i don't want to have so much money where family or people kind of come out of the woodwork and like start asking me for money it's like what do i what do i even do then so the way there's one thought <laughs> of how to handle it but it's not you know it's not finite or whatever it's more so like try it (laughs) (laughs) find out but uh well yeah because then to humble myself it's more so like you know what get there and then find out yeah because then you know right here we're not billionaires so like how can we actually know what it's like to be rich and then be pompous or whatever and plus if we actually have values that we believe in then we won't be pompous or whatever it's sure we have that amount of money but money only amplifies who you already are so like if you were uh, you know <laughs> say it i dare you to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you know well it's if you're already an asshole and all that stuff then money's just gonna make it worse yeah 100 percent. like 
I think a lot of the times boils down to the fact that we both know we have expectations on this, especially when you say you want to pursue acting. Mm-hmm. There's an expectation there and it could go both ways. Same thing for me. Like, you know, I want to, for me, it's just, I want to do something to bring balance to my life. Like, what does that mean? I don't know. That's so general. I understand. Like, I want to have a balance of being able to make money while being creative, while expressing myself. And so there's an expectation there as well. Well, what are you going to do about it? Stuff like that. And that's why I'm glad we started the podcast one, Mm -hmm. to kind of bring this out into the open. Of course, you know, share personal stories that hopes, that we hope resonate with other people. And this is where, this is why we read books like The Mountain Is You. A, a, A concept in the beginning of the book that I really like from this, we all have the potential to be mountains. We all have the potential to create our peaks. And the way to do that is when our unconscious and our conscious meet. When those two meet, they collide and they create our peaks. This is why I like I was really excited to talk about this because I had to think, right? What are my unconscious behaviors? Yeah. That is difficult. Yeah, exactly. Because like in our examples before where we're kind of struggling with management or whatever, like sure, they're trying to have control or like, push this projection onto us but their unconscious is telling them that they need to trust more but you know it's up to them to kind of figure that out because we can't be the voice and be like yo you need to trust people more (laughs) because no one likes to be told what to do or you know and it's also a harsh truth that you have to accept on your own um but the cool thing about what you were talking about earlier is having a vision like at the end of the book she talks about like well you need to sit down and journal what makes you happy or like Man, she phrased it way better and I spaced, <laughs> spaced out. But basically, it's what will help you love yourself more. And you're creating this vision of, well, what do you want? What are the things that bring you joy? And then you're game planning, basically, <laughs> to to live that life. And it's cool because that's why we have anxiety anyways, because we're afraid of the future. And she says that if we have anxiety, it's because we're afraid of the future. And if we have um, regret, Anxiety is for the future. Guilt or regret is from the past. I think so. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, it's so to be happy, you got to be present in the moment. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) uh, you know, at the end, I'll be all. And it's so much, it's easier to say than to do always. Like all this stuff means that we are human. That means we can improve. We can, you know, like go backwards a little bit and, and continue to grow from all of this and tapping into our unconscious is one way we truly break down all of our preconceived notions about other people about ourselves there's just so much you can do when you truly look in and one of the ways she presents that i actually will start doing i, I wish i did yesterday but is meditating however she breaks down meditating as not trying to get rid of all those thoughts and those feelings, but having the moment to sit with yourself, to process those thoughts, to process those emotions and figure out where is this all coming from? Why did a single moment trigger an emotion, a thought, and how will I move past it? Yeah, I like that. That jogged a memory where she was talking about how if you had an ex or something and you're always uh, checking up on her or his uh, social media or whatever, then there's something that you didn't uh, admit to yourself, which is you actually love that person a lot more than you were willing to admit to. So you need to sit down and process through that feeling and be like, hey, <laughs> be honest with yourself here. That way to help you stop doing that because like it's the next, you know, like they're kind of in the past now. <laughs> yeah. And it's, another concept she brings up during meditating is you sitting down with yourself at a table and you're talking to yourself and 
you know, working through these moments with yourself because it's so much easier to have a conversation versus sit with your own thoughts. And sooner or later, you should try to picture yourself giving yourself a key to unlock those feelings and to unlock, you know, just being open. Like a better you. A better you. Yeah. Awesome. It's so strange because nearing the end of the book, she's basically giving us more, uh, well, actionable steps because like we can seek to understand everything, but that it doesn't end there. Like, you know, we're not actually doing anything like, sure, we understand, but like, that's not going to make it make things better. So like near the end of the book, it's all right, cool. Now that we know what signs of sabotage, here are ways to fix it. But before we do that, here's some signs of self-sabotage. Oh, good, point, good point, good point. Sorry, I jumped the gun there. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's, you know, just riding the flow of conversation. <laughs> so one sign is you are more aware of what you don't want than what you do want. So this is just us or, you know, people in general focusing on the things that you dislike. <laughs> yeah. Specifically for us. And we mentioned it before, like the idea of becoming famous and rich. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like I would so much rather be rich and not famous because I don't want people to know me. I like my privacy. And it's funny because like reading this book kind of reaffirmed a different thing that had happened. You know about this. So I'll be I would be open about it because I love gaining new perspectives, whether it's reading through a book, having conversations with other people. So on this notion, you know, I went to go see a psychic so that way I can have a, a different perspective on myself and everything else in my life spiritually just see what this complete stranger would say about my life without me giving away too much Mm -hmm. at one point towards the end of our conversation she's flipping through her tarot cards and then she's like by the way congrats because you've become famous at 34 (laughs) i know it's crazy like to me i was baffled i was speechless because i was like (laughs) because i was so speechless i didn't ask any other questions you know what i said i said Oh, cool. Thank you. <laughs> and I walked out. I was like, cool. Thanks for the conversation. I you're walked so out. Sh- you're like shocked that that's in a way you wanted to be famous, but not like, yeah, it was like a different truth that you mm-hmm. needed to accept in that moment. So yeah. like, that's cool that a psychic kind of helped you. It, it It's funny because before that, because, you know, looking back on it, I'm definitely afraid of becoming famous because because I like my privacy and of course I want to be rich, but you know, I'm also afraid of big money. Like I'm afraid of, if I were to be honest, I'd be afraid of what it does to the people around me, to myself specifically, because when you inherit such, not inherit, sorry, when you gain such a, a mass a mass amount of anything, it can be overwhelming. And of course you have to change. And that's like the whole thing about it too. Like us being raised on certain values and stuff, like I can't see myself going a certain way, but I do know I have to change myself if I ever become rich to protect the people around me as well so like anyway that's like a very interesting thing because again here we are yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, well we're not famous podcast, yeah we have but you know shout out to our baby steps getting out there, you know? <laughs> like it's just crazy baby steps yeah like the focusing on more of what you don't want than what you do it's like sometimes i talk to people around work and it's it's a strange conversation because it, it's a topic that pops up often where people think people are afraid of taxes and they're like, oh, we're going to get taxed more, so I don't really want more money. But in my mind, I break it down as this. Would you rather have a million dollars taxed at 50% or would you rather have $100,000 and like 10% tax? Because like if you choose the, well, I want the million dollars at 50% because after that 50% tax, I have $500,000. Right. Whereas like 10% tax on your 100K, you only have less than 100K. <laughs> Yeah. So it's, I don't know, people are focusing or holding themselves back from 
I'm big money. <laughs> you like that phrase? It's because I big said money. it. <laughs> yeah. Big money's scary. I'm using that. <laughs> well, it, it was just like a weird conversation of people um, being too afraid of taxes or whatever. But then I'm like, don't worry about taxes. How about this? Make a million dollars and then worry about taxes when, when that happens. I love that. Because then it's like, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, none of us do. And so why do we let our fear t- take over? Exactly. And the cool thing, when you mention mentioned psychic, she mentioned this idea of psychic where we think that we're um it's called psychic thinking basically what that means is we think we know better or we think we know everything as arrogant as that sounds so like we're making predictions on like these ideas and concepts that like that are pretty much holding us back that are um tying us down and we're not moving forward just because we think we know everything so just test that idea like if you think you're gonna lose money because of taxes like make that million dollars first and then yeah. and then tell me <laughs> or, yeah. yeah i love that honestly like break you breaking it down in that way like kind of opened myself open that idea because when i was reading it the whole time i was like okay yeah it's true so my example would be the fact that because we grew up as preppers you know you gotta be prepared for xyz like i always think about the fact that i have to save money on the side just in case my car breaks down just in case something happens to that house and my wife continuously reminds me and i love her for it to not so like you can be prepared and i mentioned this in our last conversation i think in uh happy money you can be prepared but you have to save for now Versus saying, I'm going to save just in case a car accident happens. You have to say, I'm going to save right now $10. That's it. I don't care what it's for later. I'm just going to save $10 because that's what I can do right now. Like, I know that way of thinking translates to so much other things where it's like, I don't want to do this thing just because, you know, just because I know these people are going to be there and this is what's going to happen. That's like my psychic thinking talking when in actuality it's like, you don't know. Like, yeah. we don't know what's going to happen. Like, we can go to this party with people we don't like, but doesn't mean you're not going to have a good time yeah like, we don't know what it. we don't know we don't know what we don't know so just do it <laughs> make that million dollars i like that yeah it's sometimes we just gotta battle or like well actually i shouldn't say sometimes you know what just battle yourself <laughs> you always have to fight yourself but also have those talks yeah treat yourself nicely that's that's another thing she touches on you yeah to, i mean let's be less harsh on yourself that's what we're we're all struggling with is that our lives are just like learning how to deal with ourselves if you choose to accept it or not because <laughs> like when you make it conscious then you want to get better if it's unconscious then like yeah you're walking into self-sabotage mm-hmm. and you don't want to acknowledge these truths yeah well, that was one sign of self <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, I guess we kind of touched on this too, but it's you spend more time ruminating or worrying on what you hope doesn't happen than you do strategizing or planning for what you do want to happen, which is pretty cool. It's in a strange way. It's when we started doing this podcast, we started planning really hard and then like, yeah. it was kind of just boom. <laughs> like we didn't, we were worried about I don't know, like, what if no one listens to us or um, what if people don't like us or whatever? But then uh, we were having conversations about, you know, we just push it out there and it doesn't matter. Like, as long as we're having fun or, you know, like we're getting into the groove of things and then planning or whatever. So that, you know, it's OK if not everyone likes us or doesn't listen to us because then there's still the idea of abundance. <laughs> the idea of abundance. There's other people out there. Yeah. So to put it into per, uh, perspective, there's seven billion people in the world. Probably more, actually. I don't know. Close to eight, I'm guessing. Oh. 
<laughs> so you know, there's there's some people that will listen to us. <laughs> there has to be a handful, and if you guys are listening to us, we appreciate you guys again. <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah. you guys are the handful. The handful. One day more. <laughs> yeah. Another sign that that kind of ties into is that we spend more time trying to impress people that we don't like rather than spending time with people who love us for who we are. It's so true, especially for people who are trying to get famous. Of course, you have to, you have to impress the whole world. And this is where maybe they get lost. And I'm talking generalities, of course, but we say that a lot in, in people who are trying to get famous. And, you know, like, it's so difficult when you have a goal in mind. And when you have a goal in mind, that's very public. You know, it's for the public eye. It's difficult to remember that there are people out there that love us, who support us. Why don't we focus on them? And, of course, building the audience that love and support you so that... You can continue to do what you love without self-sabotaging and trying to impress other people, which is very difficult. Well, another, we, we see this a lot too. Like when people buy nice things to impress someone or like, you know, we can just point out posers. <laughs> posers. Posers. Like they're trying so hard to impress people, but it's like, why? You know, so then to dive deeper into that, it's like, dude, just learn to love yourself. <laughs> it's funny too because the, the harder you try to impress people the less people tend to like you <laughs> yeah yeah so it's kind of i don't know do they not see that <laughs> i guess not That's an they don't do they see they don't do all that inner work they don't talk oh, to themselves yeah. and meditate you know mm. sure. they need to start journaling yeah, we can apply this right now <laughs> i've been applying <laughs> i've been i've been dude i've been doing uh, i've been doing morning journals and night journals before bed so you don't the morning journal is your first thoughts when you wake up and you don't want it to be about your whole day, you know? So this is just like freedom to express how you're feeling, checking in with yourself. It's pretty cool. It's a cool process because it just inspires me to quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. Because you told me this morning, I would love to dive into this. Well, I'm going to quit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Good thing we dived into that. Yeah, deep dive. Uh well, it's, look, this book has made me feel like I should have been quitting months ago, maybe. it's It just confirmed certain things that I wanted. And it's like, why am I holding myself to this job? So then we can tap into like a, a bunch of things that she talked about where it's like, oh, is it because I'm afraid I won't have enough money? Or is it, am I afraid that I can't get another job? And the, for those reasonings, I guess that could tie me down to this job and why I'm afraid to quit. But I'm not afraid to quit. <laughs> not anymore that's, that's just for other people i was gonna quit anyways but this one just like pushed it helped leverage it even more because i was thinking about like does the partner dude even deserve my courtesy of staying an extra month to help train someone else to supervise on less pay so he would be milking me for supervisor duties for a month for less pay and the crazy thing is that when he offered me the two dollar raise to uh have the position yo check this out <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah you gotta get into that first <laughs> he offered me a two dollar raise from, from where i'm at so i make minimum a two dollar raise would put me at 19 dollars an hour <laughs> as a supervisor as a supervisor and i don't know how y'all feel about pay transparency but you should get into that yes because uh i i asked around and um these people be making pretty much 19 dollars an hour <laughs> So, like, why would I accept that? Why would I accept more duties, responsibilities, and get shit on and also be told last minute things to do? Because you're pretty much the partner's lap dog. Like, you, 
he's going to be like, hey, I forgot to tell you, uh, this is going to happen today or this is going to happen later. And then your whole game plan shifts. Anyways, I'm underpaid <laughs> for, for that stuff. Yeah. And reading this book just helped me. Well, Morning Journals has helped me clear my thoughts to discover, yo, is this even worth it? And do I believe in myself? enough to be like yo can i find another job like yeah i can find another job especially if i'm only getting paid minimum and so the security blanket for me to help me fight or combat that fear of quitting it's look i already applied for other jobs i already have connections if i do want another warehouse job so that just helps ease the process um but morning journaling was just like all right so why are you so stressed why do you have anxiety oh, you want to do these things, or I want to do these things, but I lose time because I'm clocking into a job that doesn't even or that doesn't even respect me. I don't know. As far as value-wise, I should be fighting for my value because, like, they're not. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, and I love that. You touched on pay transparency. That's one way to fight for yourself, especially if you're in a career field. I 100% I agree with that because we're entering this age where <laughs> we, we watch this video where careers are dying because no one wants to just work for someone else knowing that at any time they're going to protect the business. Right? You could show loyalty and be with this company for 20 years and they're still going to let you go and replace you no matter what. Dude, the thing about loyalty is that to me, I think who you should be loyal, loyal to is yourself and the people that you care about because those are the people that you want to stay in your life. A company is just going to milk your loyalty. 100%. And you like how do you even define loyalty in pay like how do you how do you put that in a value of hey i'm gonna give you ten dollar raise is that enough or you know but yeah. that's not even realistic because employers won't be like oh yeah i, I need your loyalty so here's a ten dollar raise like no <laughs> like, and it could happen you know being on the other side too just so we can practice a little bit of empathy here if you're on the business side of stuff like it makes sense it's understandable e even if you increase the amount of perks and benefits like no matter what people should come first treating them as humans letting them know that you know they're not i love this because i said this to the vp the other week too when we had this <coughs> oh excuse me <laughs> When we had this conversation, I said, I'm not here uh, on this world uh, so that I can live to work. I'm here so that I can work to live. And, you know, like like you mentioned, yeah, like I like the pay that, you know, I'm, I'm getting now from the job and I like the work. But if I'm not being treated like a human being, if I'm not being respected and appreciated, then why would I stay? I can definitely find something else. Even if it pays less, I might be more fulfilled. Mm -hmm. It's also like... When we talk about leadership too, it's like, do you want to work for a company if your leadership just shits on you? <laughs> yeah. It's you show yourself disrespect <laughs> for not sticking up for yourself in, in that regard because it's like, oh, you're, now you're just putting up with it. And like when you are in a financial struggle and you're just trying to like get any job possible because you just lost your job and they're, you're like trying to scrape on by, then yeah, you, you kind of hunker down and put like three months in to kind of like get that income but you know after that kind of move on up from there but man this partner guy <laughs> he's yeah he treats people like machines like he wants a machine to work for him he wants more output with less people so yeah let's say he gets everything he wants then i foresee the company laying off half the people just just because he he'll find a machine that will get everything done I mean, good on him. I mean, that's his goal. But <laughs> yeah, 
good for the company. Good for the company, but not good for the people. Yeah, yeah. is um... self sabotage is is uh, it's also seen. We can also see self sabotage not in just people ourselves, but larger entities like companies. Similar to this, it's it's so interesting because hearing your stories and stuff like companies start with people and the leadership team themselves. So if they continue self-sabotaging ways, it's only going to trickle down. We saw that with uh, banks, the banks that right. happened like that. Just to bring up something relevant is that, you know, from or the top current. down, yeah. Like it's just interesting that they continue to do damaging behaviors. And the reason why they failed is because they were over-borrowing and, you know, uh, over-lending, stuff like that. They weren't protecting themselves when they needed to, especially given all these other policies in place so that they don't fail and they continue to do so it's just a repeat in history right like this has happened many times before but what's really shitty is that that be behavior is allowed oh because like 100 they're probably gonna get bailed out yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which they shouldn't but like it's that's kind of just like the reality of like society uh, nowadays yeah, yeah. Like well i don't know the government's just gonna bail out <laughs> whoever pays them the most maybe i don't know i don't know how it works but like <laughs> we can see something it's not gonna benefit the whole you know, like if you want to benefit the whole, in my opinion, this is just strictly my opinion. Let the banks fail. Let us go into a recession, term it a recession already. That way you can, you know, fight against inflation and stop beating around the bush about it. Thing like companies are going to fail because of it. It's going to happen. This is this is how capitalism works. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid of failure, <laughs> dude. And all they want to do is success. Have success. Yeah, dude. They're... But like, yeah, just, you know, society crumbled down a little bit so that other stuff can rise from the ashes like yeah i think the further we beat around the bush like the worse it's going to continue to be mm -hmm. back to you <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway good, good rant was, <laughs> well like back to the value aspect if people are wondering why i didn't fight for a bigger raise or whatever he didn't even give me a chance <laughs> it technically doesn't matter so uh like we went to his office because i had like a I, I was like the moment he said $2 raise and he looked at me all like smiling like like it was a good deal i was like <laughs> <laughs> pulling on the shirt you like i was like excuse me uh i don't even want it you know like i had that reaction and then we went to his office and then we sat down and then i he looked up the average salary or uh pay for that position i couldn't really see the screen so i don't really know but he was like 2060 <laughs> i was like nah bro i'm about to walk out right now <laughs> yeah um, but I had the whole day to think about it because then he wanted an answer that next day. So then that next day came. And like, I want I want to believe in everyone's advice to be like, yeah. hey, you should ask for a $10 raise and all that, whatever. And you know what? I had like reasons, justifications, all this stuff. So I turned it down and then he was like, okay. And then he walked out. <laughs> like he didn't even ask me what pay I wanted to to have the position. So like, if I don't even get the respect in that regard and negotiation or whatever, then, you know, whatever. I don't I don't want to overinvest myself for a company that's like, mm -hmm. meh. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it always stems from the leadership down. So if you're in a leadership position, just remember to treat people like humans. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. This is... Like I had I situations had a, we've been in, man. Dude, I had a whole like spiel of like team morale, like how I can communicate with the team to like keep this camaraderie going, you know? Trying and he's to like, all right, whatever. <laughs> trying to help these I'm trying to help everybody like stay motivated or like at least feel human and valued. And that was what I was gonna fight for if I were to take up the supervisor role and be a leader. But like if if I'm just gonna get shit on like that, then it's whatever. 
I mean, I'm gonna be honest with all them people too. Like, I'm like, yo, I'm, I turned it down, and um, here's why. <laughs> Up to you guys if you want to stay. It's. Uh, I like I like the way you're doing it too. To, to tie it into the book again, and and focusing back on the mountain is you. She she states that one of the things that we tend to do as humans, as people now in this kind of society, we tend to shield ourselves from vulnerability, adversity, challenges, and when we do that it weakens us mentally so that's why you could should continue to challenge yourself and stuff like that and people say you know oh, you gotta push yourself you gotta you know keep every day fresh and stuff i like the way she phrases it here because it weakens us mentally if you really think about that you know with your values and stuff what are you gonna do to challenge yourself to continue to grow mentally and so instead of just taking it you know taking the two dollar raise and the positions and responsibilities you said no you know you know what and and he continues to prove to you that he doesn't value you, that, you know, every day it's 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 affirmation for you to quit and then focus on yourself and bank on yourself. And Back, yeah. yeah. And like the crazy thing is, you know, the whole like two week notice thing. Yeah. Fake. Yeah. Like, you do not owe a company courtesy because they don't they will not do that for you. Yeah. And we see it, so many examples. And I sent you that TikTok and I sent some other people that TikTok, too. And it's like, yeah, like especially during the pandemic, people be devoting like 20, 25 years of their loyalty that's being milked by this company and then they get laid off through an email or whatever, which is like disrespectful. <laughs> it's like, yeah. so companies don't really deserve your loyalty. So like, don't even pay them that. Don't sacrifice yourself because that would be the pay right there. You're paying your loyalty to this company that's like valuing that as as low as possible because of money but whatever it's i don't know fight for your value <laughs> but and trust yourself oh yeah and trust yourself that's a big thing too is trust yourself when you make this kind of decision and of course we all have our own worries you know spe specifically financials and stuff like that like you should trust yourself if you're going to make this kind of move that you will rebound from it that's another important thing too like when you bank on yourself trust yourself trust that you're going to be given opportunities. You're going to be giving a new Abundance, purpose. baby. <laughs> it's all out there. You just got to look. You got to ask. Also, ask oh, for yeah, help. Yeah, true. Yeah. yeah. Don't be afraid to ask for help. I think that was something I struggled with growing up, too. All like, of us do. We're so yeah. proud and we want, like, we place value in that, too. It's like, oh, yeah, I can do it by myself. Or, you know, as if that's supposed to, like, make you super better great or, or better. <laughs> but, like, I, I have a, I adopted a new mentality that I've been trying to voice to my brother. Because, like, he is kind of afraid to ask for help. So I'm like, dude, don't try and reinvent the wheel. That's why you're so slow to progress. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Like, if you can find someone to help you, just do that. Just do that. Learn from them. Yeah. And yeah. then like help them too if they need help. But yeah. it's, I'm going to quit tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, okay. So there's a couple of things that can go down. He could be like, oh, I'm going to offer you more money. But here's the thing. Here's my guess. I assume he's only going to give me a 50 cent raise. You're using your psychic thinking. I'm using my psychic thinking. And if he only gives me a 50 cent raise, I'm walking out. Because... <laughs> A 50 cent raise doesn't even match me with everybody else that already makes more than me for less duties. So And less experience. That's like the big thing too. Like your knowledge and your experience is what makes you valuable. So whatever you have knowledge-wise, experience-wise, truly leverage it. Believe in yourself, have the confidence that whatever you can do well, that you could do well and get paid for what you deserve. Like, that's what you got to continue to do is bank on yourself. Fight for yourself is what you're proving. And like, 
yeah, like hopefully continue to work on yourself so that your self-sabotaging ways don't speak louder than the voice that tells you you can't do it. Yeah, I'm just like burning myself, overworking, not really overworking, but I am working slightly harder than everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when clocked in, I was in pursuit of like a higher position, but now it's kind of like, well, I overworked myself for very low pay that I was making less than everybody else still. And they were kind of just doing their own thing, which I'm fine with. I'm just mad that like I was super lowballed for a position that's higher up. By if I accepted that, I would have only made sixty cents more than my coworkers that have less responsibility. And yeah, that's not worth it. <laughs> it's um, it's dumb. My psychic thinking tells me if I quit and my supervisor is gonna call me and and be like, I don't know, roasting me or projecting his feelings onto me or something, which is fine. Let him, I guess I would just ignore the call. If that happens, just hang up. <laughs> it is not your responsibility, and we learn from the courage to be disliked. It is not your task yeah, to dude. help him process his feelings. You understand your own tasks, so that's the only thing you should focus on. Yeah, and I'm like, he's the one that cares more about his self-image. So, like, he overinvested in me, I guess. And But here's the thing. I told him that there's a better candidate for this position because I'm indifferent and that I don't care about this job. And then for some reason, he stopped freaking... He kept on freaking going and trying to like force me into this expectation and whatever. He's projecting all of these feelings onto me and like, I have an idea of what I'm going to say. I'm going to be like, look, you should value yourself more because this job doesn't deserve your loyalty. Yeah. A lot of jobs don't. Yeah. Uh, and I won't, I won't generalize, you know, I'll generalize to a lot because I know there's a lot of out there, a lot of jobs out there that are really fulfilling, pays well, stuff like that. And if you enjoy doing it, that's totally fine. Right. Like so long as you're banking on yourself, you're confident in yourself, you're trusting yourself. That's all that matters. Uh, there's one thing in here that I think you expressed really well is the idea of in instinct over feelings. You could feel a certain way. You could be mad that you're getting lowballed and stuff like that. But your instinct is going to tell you otherwise. Specifically, there's an example in here. It says that if you are in a room with someone you don't like or want to be around, that's your instinct telling you that you should stay away. You should move away from that harm. In, in you know that harmful thinking or being in this presence um versus you know feeling sad about something and it's an accurate reflection of our thoughts our instincts and we tend to push those down because again it's difficult to or it's, it's actually more easy to listen to the other voice that says you know yeah you can deal with it what you listen to your instinct don't you know like you know i love that you're like again you could be because you're worried about money and you're scared right you're feeling scared that you may struggle for a little bit yeah but your instinct is still telling you like hey i don't need to be here the crazy thing is that uh, i should have just trusted my instinct more now that you bring it up because i felt wrong about the partner dude the moment i met him when when the ceo brought him in in like november or just i think it was december yeah i think it was december where he met everybody and i was like I don't know. I just had bad feelings from, from that day one. Mm -hmm. And then every day after that was kind of just like, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm kind of like holding out hope, you know, or maybe I was in the wrong for having that instinct. I don't know. Yeah. Just something weird to think about. <laughs> yeah. And another thing just to tie into that a little bit is to make it easier to listen to our instinct voice, you should meditate to talk to yourself, to understand what your instincts are, what your feelings are, and how you separate those two and then finding a solution to it. So like, just saying, you know, 
in this book, she does a really good job of breaking down this is what the problem is. This is how you arrive at the problem. This is how you solve the problem. Yeah, so yeah. That's that's why I highly recommend this book. Yeah, that's a good thing about this book is it gives you a solution because that's always a shitty thing. Like, all right, <laughs> if this book only brings you awareness and you're stuck there, you don't have a solution. It's almost like when you have a complaint to like a manager or some higher up. You're, or actually, maybe you just need help in general or a co complaint. They don't have a solution. <laughs> yeah. Or or the solution's too general. Like so, oh. like we hear it all the time where it's like, oh, you want to improve yourself? Just work on yourself. It's like, right. okay, well, yeah. All right. Nice. Like look within. What does that mean? This is what she says, right? Like yeah. this is how you look within. You meditate. You talk to yourself. You understand where your feelings are, what your expectations are, what your goals are. And that's how you... Uh, you know, improve and it's actionable steps. Yeah. Whereas when it's so vague like that, we don't know what to do. Yeah. We're it's analysis paralysis. Yeah. You know, you're like, oh, inner work, <laughs> and then you're kind of just. And then you also instill other self sabotaging ways, like the fear of failure. You're like, oh, I don't want to do that because like it sounds dumb. You know, mm -hmm. that yeah. one's a good one. There, <laughs> I guess we should just breeze through the rest of the signs of self sabotage. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, we're still on that, huh? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay we have so much to say you know um so another sign of self-sabotage is caring more about convincing other people that you're okay rather than actually being okay that was a tough one that i had to live with too it's like pretending that you're fine and dealing with life but it's like no i'm not fine yeah <laughs> i actually i resonate with this one because i at my last job helped with this particular aspect of working. Uh, one thing that I like to do, and you know, I've been a lead a few times, I've actually never been a manager or anything, but I, I've i ran trainings on how to incorporate in emotional intelligence into like your work. And one of the things I talk on actually is the fact that when we ask how people are, instinctively, <laughs> you know, and instinctively we say that we're okay because that protects us from talking about our feelings, mm -hmm. specifically in the workplace. Yeah, And I, you know, I I encourage people all the time to really say that they're not doing okay. And I was reminded of it again with my VP and stuff like that. And I, again, was like, I'm not okay with like the work that we're doing and where we're at with the team. Team morale is low. Like, I don't feel trusted. You know, like I express those things outwardly. So that way you have a problem to try to find a solution to, especially if it's in a, like a relationship or whatever. Like, so be honest when someone asks you if you're not okay, like, why are you not okay too? Like if they're willing to listen, feel free to, you know, share. Make sure you're stronger too, if you're able to to do that. And don't worry too much about like what the other person's going to say back because maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't say something nice back, but at the same time, you're honest with yourself. So I feel like that also helps you realize what you should do next. And later on, she, in the book, she talks about like, these are just triggers to help guide us to freedom. So like if we are able to pick up on these triggers, then it's like in a way like <laughs> we're following the game script to our success and happiness or fulfillment. Yeah. And we're telling ourselves everything that we need to do unconsciously. Now you just have to realize it and bring it to your conscious so that you can achieve your peak. Achieve your peak <laughs> form. You can become a mountain. Be a mountain. Be a mountain of person. Stop being a hill. Funny thing that I just mentioned game script and then the next point is blindly chasing goals without asking yourself why you want those things if you feel empty and depressed at the end of the day even though you're doing everything you're told you're not doing what you want to be doing you're just adopting someone else's script mm -hmm. for happiness mm -hmm. so someone else's script for happiness is not going to fit for you because you're unique 
you have your own preferences and traumas, you know, so like certain things will bring you happiness. So I don't know. That one's a really cool one because it's really hard to give someone else a game script of like, this is how you're going to be successful because then they follow it and then they're not happy. So then it's like, well, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We all have to write our own. Like there's no way you can copy someone else's game plan and be successful. Like it's very rare. Okay. Like I won't, I, I don't like talking in absolute, so I won't, but it's very rare that you'll be able to follow someone else's game script game script and be successful exactly the same way they have been you might be able to take a you know a script and you know tweak some things around so it fits you and that's exactly what you should be doing yeah like i i feel like i i won't be able to work at a job now not <laughs> ever <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah, sorry guys just sorry employers doing. no i'm just kidding <laughs> if i said that no employer would hire me anyway <laughs> but like as far as thinking wise it's it's like I don't know if I can actually follow that game script of following a company, moving up, working hard, and then having like a salary position and like consistent raises. I don't know if I can follow that game script because with the amount of jobs I've been through, I feel like the tackle or struggle or self-sabotage is always me and my value. So I don't know if there is an actual price out there that can match me in, in a workplace that I would be satisfied with. So I have to find other endeavors and hopefully achieve that value that is congruent and something that I'm happy with. So maybe the right path for me is to do side gigs. <laughs> for now, for until now. we blow up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so help us. <laughs> well, in a way, it's more fun too. Like yeah. you're, You get to experience a bunch of new people and new scenery. Control your time. Oh yeah, flexibility. Your, play, your, your pay. Uh, yeah, and and the last sign of self sabotage. I'll end with this one: is blaming your coping mechanism. When we tend to blame our coping mechanism, actually, let's touch on that. Coping oh, yeah. mechanisms. You know, we all hear the phrase. Uh, it's how we feed into our self sabotage. So I mentioned that I tend to procrastinate. So my coping mechanism tends to be that I. You know, if I've had a stressful day and whatever, I shut down for the day and that's where it comes in. I don't want to do anything specifically, you know, well, I keep saying specifically, but, you know, you know, specifically my, my, my side projects. <laughs> One of those words. One of these words. I'll get it out. But <laughs> I push my, my side projects off because I don't want to do anything. I kind of want to just drain myself from the day and have a moment where I don't need to think. What I'm trying to get at is just, I've been thinking the whole day. I've been feeling the whole day. Now I need a second where I just don't do anything or do something that takes me away from that so I can refresh myself. And again, sometimes I get too indulgent in it and I stay in it. And then again, the day's over and I didn't do what I needed to do. Yeah, it's it's like um, taking time for yourself, but now you're taking too much. Like, calm down. <laughs> so, yeah. just relax. Yo, can relax. you just chill? Like, you can't just, you can't just take a whole day. <laughs> and then, you know, the whole point of this is like, if I blame the fact that I was procrastinating, it is a sign that I self-sabotage because I didn't want to work on the thing that I wanted or needed to do. Well, it's also like coping mechanisms also help you figure out if it's your job or environment that's affecting you that's causing you to do this so you know how like at workplaces a lot of people can chain smoke like all day or whatever and they're like oh i need to quit oh i need to quit but they can't quit because the job is so damn stressful so like you can blame your coping mechanism but don't be so quick to do that because it may be the job so just change your job and then it might be easier for you to quit your smoking habit or whatever uh, thing that you're latching onto. yeah so it could be 
your job. Always work backwards because this is your body telling you that you need to make a change somewhere. You need to recognize that there's something affecting you. Here's how you address it or where you need to address it to. Yeah. So like if you do feel drained, but you do want to indulge in your side project projects more, then it's probably your job, man. You're just saying, let's just, let's just have a global quit, you know, just <laughs> a global quit, quit. <laughs> everyone oh, just quit. It's a, it's a career anarchy where everyone career just, anarchy just goes and <laughs> does it work? <laughs> yeah. <With this. laughs> if we can do that, that'd be, that'd be crazy. That'd be crazy. It'd be cool too, though. But don't do that, guys. You know, the, like, yeah. it's, I mean, it's just the concept. <laughs> well, the fear itself would hold everybody back. Like, true, 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 true. Because then now, <laughs> now I'm scared thinking about it. <laughs> like knowing, yeah, we can't collectively quit. That's impossible. All right. Oh. There's a lot of other side tidbits that we can name really quick. Go mm-hmm. ahead. This is a long list. I like this concept of taking action before you feel like doing it, because then the feeling will never come to you. So when you start moving, you start to inspire yourself, which is kind of cool because that's what happened for my uh, journaling thing. Because like I've never journaled before, but then like once I started doing it, I was like, oh, now I have to kind of do it. Not because I feel like doing it. it it's just like, I don't know, it's part of a process. And I'm just committing to the process. <laughs> I, the beginning of this year, I started a web design business and I've been saying that for years like i've always wanted to do this thing i've always wanted to build uh, websites for small businesses and stuff and then something flipped a a switch in me this beginning of this year where i was like okay i'm gonna stop saying it i'm gonna do it and i took the first step to figure out how to do it funny enough i realized this whole time i was like playing around with this idea i already built myself an unconscious game plan as to how to do this thing and so you may not know it but you have the ability to probably already think things through without realizing it is is what I realized this, you know, earlier this year. Like I knew all the steps I had to do, not specifically how to do it. And all I had to do was just learn. And so this is a really good point in the book too, where you can continue to say that you want something or want to do something. The only way to get it done though is to do it. Just yeah, go out there and do it. Become that millionaire and make that money. Make that money, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then deal with the tax implications later. Well, the crazy thing is that there we do think, oh, man, there's this book that it says, I think it's like two, we think in two ways or something like that. Anyways, there's <laughs> subconscious thinking. So like yes. if if you can tap into your subconscious thinking, in a way, you already know what to do. It's It's up to you to be conscious and more proactive and making it realize. You know, if you already have that web design idea, yeah. You just needed to follow through. That's all. Oh, yeah. Was it in here? No, it wasn't in here. But I heard a really cool quote where confidence is converting your thoughts into action. Ooh. So say that again for the people in the back. Confidence is. You finish it. Converting <laughs> your thoughts into action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I really like that you know again we all have the ability to do things that we want to do it's just gotta get over the hump of what's stopping you yeah it's just too cheesy for me to say it all inspirational like <laughs> i can't do it <laughs> but it's a good quote and i i really like that so yeah yeah and you know to continue moving forward a little bit with this book when you feel something feel it let those feelings guide you to what you need that's an important thing specifically like anger when when we feel anger it lets us know that our boundaries are being overstepped and we may need well, to being tested being tested yeah so we may need to take a step back and figure out why mm-hmm. 
That's one. It's one hell of a good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, Anger, man. Whoo! Lots of primal emotion in that one because uh, I think it's so easy to be angry and again to yell, like we mentioned, and the the courage to be disliked. When we yell, it's because we want a moment to let out our frustrations. Yep. So if you get to that point, then for sure you might need to look inside yourself and ask, why did I get to this point? Why am I now angry? What's the core cause? And again, you always have to work backwards, right? This moment you can feel, allow yourself to feel angry, to do what you need so that you can calm down a little bit. From there, you work backwards and say, okay, how do I get to this moment? What triggered it? Okay, if that moment triggered it, why did it trigger it? And then from there, it's like, you know, you can even ask who triggered it and, you know, what happened before that? Did this happen before? And now I'm getting fed up with it. Continue to ask yourself questions backwards and, you know, ask why did that happen? And it's a powerful tool to use when you're angry is asking why did that happen? Why did that happen? If that happened, why? <laughs> right? Like you continue to work backwards. Well, it's funny when I clocked in that day and then my supervisor like was angry and yelling at me and I, I didn't yell back or anything. I was just like, look, dude, I already turned down the supervisor position. <laughs> but the crazy thing is that he's so indulgent in his emotions. He never asked me why I turned it down, why he thinks I'm letting him down. So like he's not taking a moment to ask for my side. So it's him dealing with his own self and like letting all of his anger and frustration out on me and going on this like long tirade rant thing, which I appreciate. But he's also not like asking me for advice on on any of that stuff. So it looks like he's now tapping into his other emotion, which is resentment of the fact that he has to deal with this now. <laughs> and that's what he didn't want to do is just like go through this whole process of finding a new supervisor, stuff like that. And well, he's gone. His, his last day was Friday. So like, right. so that's why I'm like, I'm a little worried that he'll he'll give me a phone call because that then doesn't matter. Like it, yeah, no. it truly doesn't. Like he's already done for you know the time too. Like it, well, my guess is that. If I go into psychic detail, <laughs> <laughs> psychic thinking, psychic thinking. Here's my guess. My guess is that he never actually wanted to quit this job in the first place. Oh, so oh, he needs to come to some sort of realization and meet that. Because my prediction is that he's gonna come back to this job mm. somehow, some way. I don't know, but that would be my thinking. So hey, man, just come back and take your job. I'm here's not gonna be there. here's <laughs> an inter interesting question then. Is it, do you think that it's self-sabotage to move backwards? As in like jobs? Uh, just in general, you know, we could break it up in that too. Cause I have, I have a thought on this, but I wanted to see what your thoughts are. Well, as far as jobs wise, I never look back on going back to a certain job. I've only met one, one supervisor, maybe two supervisors, but I have, yeah. Anyways, there was one supervisor that I really respected and like, he, uh, gave me a handshake and he's like, look. You're welcome back anytime if you ever want to come back. But I have a feeling that you won't be back. I kind of like, he is the best supervisor I've ever had and hold my respect. It sucks that no one else kind of like lives up to that. But I don't like progressing backwards in jobs or careers. But it is nice to know as a safety net that you can go back if you wanted to. And I think it is backwards in mentality because you you already prepped to move on from it. So I feel like you got to platform yourself up. And there's plenty of jobs too. So like, I don't know, you don't have to go back. <laughs> yeah. So I agree with you in terms of our careers. Working wise, you should never try to go back because that means you're going back to comfort, something you know, and you're pushing away challenge. And it isn't always, it isn't that always, right? I know people who worked at the Apple store who left Apple 
went to do you know kind of the same job at a different apple store and came back to be managers like that's totally fine that's that's progress in a different way i know people who did the same thing where they you know quit apple as an employee went to a different store worked as you know an employee there and then came back it all happens but try not to let yourself move back to comfort that's like my whole thing on this but if it has to do with yourself it has to do with you regress regressing in your progress it's okay so that's like the caveat here where if if it's in terms of work don't move backwards however if again you're feeling a specific way and let's say you work through that moment and now all of a sudden you go back to it like again let's say you work through uh, smoking and you haven't smoked in three four months six months whatever it is and then all of a sudden something happens and you smoke again that's okay you're human you're allowed to move backwards when it comes to you specifically because that's another moment for you to reflect as to what caused that situation it may be a new challenge and how are you going to meet that challenge to move forward again so that's something i wanted to touch on because again career-wise when you work backwards you're just enabling that Mm self-sabotage but when it comes to yourself specifically it's okay and you have to tell yourself that it's okay to be like this i see what you're saying you're talking about more of like your own behavior exactly yeah yeah Cool. So. I like it. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little quick tidbit, and we can probably finish up. Regret shows you need to work harder. And that's something that I feel super, uh, I phrase that really poorly. <laughs> you know, when you, try to, when you try to like start a sentence and then you started the sentence off wrong, you're like, oh, try to make it work, try to make it work. And then yeah, my brain is like, what? it can't work. <laughs> 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 you gotta start over yeah. oh no oh, man so this was a statement that resonated with me because i regret not pursuing our creative endeavors sooner now like that's why i'm it's kind of or it's a lot easier for me to quit because i'm like yo whatever because if i need a job i'll find it whatever even if it's minimum i don't care because i'm pursuing this creative endeavor and i want more time to do it so like i want to be able to crank out more clips and um finish filming all these other things that we need to do like it's just more time to let our uh, well to pursue my creative endeavors and like foster that thing and like uh something that we didn't mention yet but in the book she talks about healing your inner child so like we need to talk to our inner child more and be like yo what did we enjoy doing when we were younger what made us happy fulfilled like talk to that inner child and figure out what you want because that's going to be your answer like you always wanted to do this but you were afraid because society has conditioned us to be more embarrassed or to be afraid or to have anxiety or that's not a real job. Mm -hmm. So get a real one. But that's not true now, especially now with social media that's allowing creative endeavors to actually be fostered and take over income or um, replace their income from their day jobs. Yeah, it's so important to ride this wave of creative endeavors. We mentioned that it's the death of the career is coming because millennials and Gen Z and other younger generations are realizing that they don't want to spend a whole their whole lives working in this secure job when you know you could make what fifty sixty thousand dollars a year but then get dropped at any point like that's crazy you know like again we've been instilled for so long like when we have a stable job and we get good health care and benefits we can retire at sixty five guess what. People are working and they have enough money to retire now through content creation. And when they are able to create their own passions, whether it's in the career field or 
whatever else like helps them gain a, a specific kind of freedom and not regret the fact that they haven't done so sooner. And the thing is, for me, regret is such an inter- interesting feeling because it does let you ruminate in, in what you didn't do, but it also shows that you still have the time to do it. Even though we could have started this podcast sooner, I don't regret it because of how we did this. For sure. Like we talked about it for a week and then just like we talked about it on a Tuesday. I think Thursday we had a logo and a bit of a game plan. Saturday we we recorded. I think we met like three times that week. (laughs) It It was was something like that. Like it was like it happened like that. It was like, bam, 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 bam. Let's just do it. For sure. It's it's more so like the um, regathering my thought. I think what I was going, where was I going? Oh, it's the buildup of um, of us doing, like, talking back and forth for so long that actually allowed us the ability to just straight up go into the podcast. The regret that I'm talking about, like, yeah, I do regret that we didn't do it sooner. Of course, if we did do it sooner, I don't think we would have lasted this long or been cranking it out this much or had this much passion for it. However, it is still nice to know that if I did regret not doing it sooner, that just lets me know to work harder in this regard that's all yeah <laughs> yeah I, I and i agree with that <laughs> yeah, still appreciative of you know of everything that's happening so regrets just more like information or more like emotional fuel for you or for us yeah and here's the thing too that i think would be a good note to end on is when you're making all these changes after you've spoken to yourself and your and your inner child to see what you really need making the change should not be big it is, it is going to be daunting. It is supposed to be uncomfortable and disruptive, but it's important to do. And the way you are going to continue forward when you start is making micro shifts in your behaviors and your changes. When it, you know, in terms of you specifically, when you want to work on yourself, like you cannot quit smoking cold turkey. Make those small changes to be able to, again, smoke less in a day, smoke a little bit you know of the cigarette a day and stuff like that like continue working on small changes so that way you do reach your end goal eventually it's also self-love too like if you you really want to quit could be your environment as well that's making you so stressed out that you need to smoke or rely on a different um what is it called there's a different word for it it's not coping mechanism but it is a coping mechanism Anyways, it's just something that you latch on to for security or to help you get through the day. And y- if you need to rely on a substance to get help you get through the day, maybe it's the jump. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's something maybe else it's the bigger. Jump, man. <laughs> but it's some some better. Yeah, make it easy on yourself. Make it more digestible. And then when you've allowed it to become a pattern, you will continue to do it, and you'll only continue to work or to to improve and. Another example I really like is that it is working out, trying to get a better you. And you can't just jump into it working in, you know, working out an hour a day and starting at like, you know, 50 pounds. If you haven't worked out in a long time, you have to start slow. So do like maybe a 15 minute workout where you only focus on one body part and you're starting small so you can work on your form and create good habits and stuff like that. So make those small changes digestible. So that way, when you continue to to do bigger steps, they're easier. Well, the biggest or extremely easy example is your case, too. Because your case, you're trying to get one clip done. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm cranking out like three a day or something. Crazy. It's like, but it took me a while to do just three a day. It took me like when I first started clipping, it took me like a couple of hours just to get that one done. 
so uh, I was just trying to voice to you that like the first day is just figuring out the process after that it's just like getting quicker just simply because you're practicing it like you're you're doing it yeah you're doing it to the point where you recognize what to do immediately so it's not you get rid of the thinking process because I think we we burn a lot of time just being indecision or or indecisive and trying to make a decision but then like that's a lot of wasted time just in your head yeah so again stop thinking start doing stop thinking, stop thinking. Make that money. <laughs> Make that, that million, money. baby. First first you game plan. <laughs> and then that's where all the thinking happens. Yeah. You talk to yourself and you like heal your inner child. Then remove the thinking process because you planned it already. Now there's no more anxiety. Now it's just do. And then you just live. You do the thing. Cool. Do the thing. <laughs> I think that's a great note to end on specifically because uh, our battery died and so <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry for that if it if the train of thought you know is, is different but thank you guys for joining us uh i think that's it yeah, for I this episode it, of yeah. you know There's as we lot. discuss discuss dude mountain is you the good book you. <laughs> check it out <laughs> or just you know listen to this podcast or listen to this <laughs> podcast yeah well i've been Derek. i've been kevin Cool. Well, follow us for more content coming at you soon, and uh, bye. Bye. Yeah.